Good evening, Chelsea. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. It's awesome. nice to actually be able to talk to you this time instead of croak to you. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice again. It's good to feel my voice again, that's <laughs> for sure. sure. So tonight on Heart to Heart, because mm-hmm. it's nighttime this time, it's not it morning. Nighttime. It's nighttime for us. Mm-hmm. We are talking about boundaries. We are. Which we just decided about 30 seconds ago. We did. And, and we went with it. We were feeling it. Mm-hmm. So that's usually how we go, though. We we vibe, we feel mm-hmm. it, we go with it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a heavy one to start with too kind of like last week yeah it's, it's kind of heavy yeah. yeah for sure so maybe we could start by kind of just talking about what boundaries mean mm-hmm. and why they're good and then going into like specific <clears throat> examples and yeah because i think boundaries look different for everyone in different spaces of their life yeah do you want me to start or do you want to... you can go and start um well i think for me i had spoken in a sense of like I had put in a visual in a blog a couple weeks back about it being kind of like a fence line for me with the flowers being on the other side and what I'm able to offer the world. And then on the other side of that being a line that, you know, really can't be crossed for me. So for me, it's basically giving people what I can give them in a healthy space without being depleted in an unhealthy space. Yeah. So making sure that for me, my emotional and mental well-being is still filled while also being able to help others, but not depleting of myself yeah. consistently. Um, and that's from a space of being someone that didn't have boundaries for a really long time um, and knowing kind of what I need um, as far as my mental my mental health and my physical health as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, boundaries are kind of a, they're a fad right now. Mm. Everyone's talking about boundaries. Everyone's talking they about... Are kind of setting boundaries not only with Mm -hmm. people around them, but with themselves and what they will do Mm -hmm. for people around them. Mm -hmm. I think it stems from a place of people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. Which we can get all into how we become people pleasers later in the podcast because that's a whole slew of information in itself. Mm -hmm. But for me, boundaries is it's finally respecting yourself. Yeah. It's finding a place where you can say just because that would make you feel good doesn't mean I have to do it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Your answer is so much better than mine. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it is <laughs> I, not. I love that. And I think, honestly, the reason that boundaries is kind of, in my personal opinion, is a big topic now is like COVID. <clears throat> yeah. When COVID happened, it allowed people to do some mental reflection. And in my personal opinion, it allowed people to realize that they didn't have any boundaries. And that, yeah. you know, you could be here today, gone tomorrow. And I think it really put boundaries, uh, mental health, that kind of stuff at the forefront of what people are. And not just in um, personal, like personal atmosphere, personal you know, relationships, but the workspace yeah. as well. 
um, has been a huge shift in boundaries. Yeah, there was times there where I had patients that were working from home that Mm -hmm. would say they were required to work twice as long for the same pay because they didn't Mm -hmm. have to commute so the people would expect more from them. Mm -hmm. And that obviously is not okay. Right. For sure. Yeah. But also it helped, it kind of pushed people to stand up for themselves, Mm -hmm. which is important. It did. Because we are people. We aren't products. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I think the staying from home and not having human interaction affected mental health a lot. It, I think it, I think for sure it did. And I think it allowed people to have a sense of understanding that if I don't put myself first, if I don't set a boundary, then I'm really just hurting myself. Yeah. Um, and it did change. Like I said, it changed, like you just mentioned, the workplace dynamic quite a bit. And it allowed people a little bit more wiggle room on how to set their own narrative for what fits their life. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think COVID had a lot, in my opinion, COVID had a lot to do with why boundaries is more of a, a very hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine pre-COVID someone setting boundaries before it was like a topic? People would be like, oh, that girl's a biatch. Right. Like she's going against, she's antisocial, going against the social norms. And mm-hmm. the fact that now it's more considered a, oh, she's just self-aware and she knows <laughs> yeah. what her limitations are. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. The word is word age has changed quite a bit. Like yeah. words like, you know, self care and boundaries and mental health and um, you know, all of that stuff is really kind of shifted to the forefront. But yeah, for sure. And I think pre COVID, if you had told someone, you know, this is a boundary for me, I think it would have been <laughs> met with a little and it probably still is met with a lot of aggression from oh, yeah. a lot of people, but um it definitely would have been a different <laughs> different I mean, in my opinion different kind of conversation yeah so yeah i think so well different generations too yeah and depending on where you work and what your job oh, is yeah. too mm-hmm. like for example you i grew up as a teacher's daughter mm-hmm. there were no boundaries as a teacher mom would bring work home oh there's still yeah you exactly mm-hmm. so it's like everyone's like oh we're just paying you to babysit our kids and right. that make me so mad because i saw my mom would work eight o'clock in the morning until about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Even though she had to go pick us up from dance and take us to soccer and do all these other things, she was still grading papers in the car waiting for us, Mm -hmm. cutting things out for her bulletin boards. Mm -hmm. It's not what people think it is. And so there's certain jobs where they don't accept boundaries. No. Because you have to have your curriculum in by Tuesday. For sure. it's, It's a hard place to be in that situation where everyone else gets the ability to be like, that's the hard limit for me. Like when I go home, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Not everyone gets that luxury. And so mm-hmm. learning to balance out where you can set your boundaries and prioritizing mm-hmm. the things you can prioritize mm-hmm. is difficult. I think so. I, I mean, for sure. I think it has changed some, but I think for sure, as far as that, as far as our profession goes, um, it's something that I've had to be really intentional about in my career, setting a very, very hard boundary of family versus work mm-hmm. and what that looks like for me um, and really kind of setting my own narrative with that of 
this is what I'm able to do during this time. And after that, that time is for my family. And I'm sure you've had the same thing. So I'm sure you have people call you all the time and text you all the time. <laughs> Facebook message. Facebook, Facebook message. Yeah, that's why I went ghost on Facebook for a while. Yeah. But surprise, surprise, I'm back. You are back. Yeah. I came back with a bang, releasing our second episode. <laughs> yeah, you are back. <laughs> but it's, it is hard to set that boundary because you're... When you're in a position like us, we have mm-hmm. those hearts of service. Yeah. We like to be there for people. We like to serve people. Mm-hmm. And when someone messages you at 2 o'clock in the morning saying, I can't feel my foot or I have such an excruciating mm-hmm. headache, my instant response is to respond. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, because of a boundary, I should have a generic response that I type out and send it back to them and say, hey reach out to us during mm-hmm. our, our office hours. Right. I'd be more than happy to help you out because it's not, I mean, it's not realistic for me to be a doctor at two o'clock in the morning. Right. How good of a doctor are you going to get at two o'clock in the morning? Right, exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. So learning to set boundaries is something that I'm getting a lot better at with work. Mm-hmm. I've gotten really good at it with people, <laughs> but that's, I mean, circumstances call for learning and growing right. and change. And so that's what happened. But mm-hmm. The work part is still where I struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Because of your heart of service. Yeah. And it's difficult because I think people get accustomed to you being readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's not that it's a really any ill will of them. No. But when we allow ourselves to be readily available, people get comfortable there. Yeah. And when they get comfortable there, that's where, you know, the boundaries have to start to kind of you know, kind of be lined up. Yeah. Um, something that I'm intentional about doing is, you know, um, I will look at a message and I'll instantly, same as you, I'll want to instantly respond and I'll intentionally flip my phone down, mm-hmm. lay it down and give myself about 20 minutes just to kind of limit the access to my energy and be mm-hmm. intentional about kind of sliding it away from me and saying like, this isn't a emergency. Yeah. Nor is it something that needs my attention at this very second. So I'm going to give it a second um, because not everything deserves impulsive, immediate response. Because the thing about it is, is like we're telling people without telling them I'm I'm available to you Mm -hmm. instantly. You know, of course, if it's someone that you want, you know, that's different. But if it's like a question or a need or something that requires energy from me is like is from a a help standpoint, a lot of times I will flip it down and I'll just set a reminder to message back. But trying to be intentional about not without saying it, letting people know I'm available at any second. Yeah. And that's what texts and messages should be. It's kind of you respond to it when you get a chance to. Absolutely. If it's an emergency, mm-hmm. then I expect the emergency room to be your first stop. Right. Yeah. Um, the big thing, though, is yeah. when you transition from being there all the time, mm-hmm. like being readily available available for people, and then suddenly you decide to set that boundary and you're not. Oh, it's hard. It is really hard. But we also have to mm-hmm. have grace with ourselves and remind ourselves that just because that's the standard they were comfortable with doesn't mean that's the standard we have to accept. Right. And the thing that's something we talked about this week is like, so what's really hard to say to yourself is like, I don't need your permission mm-hmm. Yeah, to put myself first. Mm-hmm. Um, and something happens along the way where when you are accessible to people for cert- for very long periods of time, 
you feel very selfish yeah for not being <laughs> um and you forget that like actually i don't have to ask your permission yeah to put myself first yeah. or my energy first actually that was never a thing i made it a thing mm-hmm. um and so it's in, it's insane how you get in that mindset of almost feeling guilty or selfish for not instantly. And because we live in such an instant gratification world, um, it's, it's interesting um, how people get that, like that spirit gets irritated when you don't respond instantly. Um, Which is why like, I don't have the thing where you can see that I've read your messages on text or any of that stuff, because Mm -hmm. I just don't want that, that access to my energy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because like you said, it should be a when you get to it, not a everything else needs to be put on hold so that I can make this connection right away in order to make sure that you feel okay. Yeah. Something I was thinking about <clears throat> when you were we talking a few minutes ago was that feeling of what happens when you... Let's talk a little bit about what happens when you were you didn't have boundaries so i can speak from that too but like you didn't have boundaries for a long time and then all of a sudden you decide that you want them yeah um that's really difficult um because change does not happen overnight no and you like you said you feel icky yeah whenever you're so used to being the person that everyone Mm -hmm. can rely on for everything Mm -hmm. because like we said last week give it to me i can fix it Mm -hmm. i'll fix it for you yeah and then you decide "Mm not my pasture Mm -hmm. you know exactly and you know i think we were talking the other day it's like you feel selfish and you're like i don't know what to do with all this extra time that i can put into myself and it makes you feel very selfish it's a lot of really icky Mm -hmm. icky uh icky emotions but something that i i think i had had an uh issue where i hadn't had any boundaries with um a couple years ago and I had decided, you know, I'm going to start. And um, they're like, well, you used to always be so available. You've just changed. Like, you're just not the same person that mm-hmm. you used to be. You used to be, you know, anything that we needed. I think it was work-related. But um, anything that you needed, you were available at any at any time. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And it has killed me slowly. Mm-hmm. So I think anyone who is thinking about setting boundaries... And wanting to, but don't want to be met with that feeling of, oh, I don't want to have to deal with that. Something that I would tell myself was, or tell them is, you know, I know better now, so I do better now. Mm-hmm. And the things in my life started to suffer. Yeah, They started to become drained because I wasn't able to make boundaries. So letting people know, I mean, <clears throat> I've actually even apologized to people before and said, I'm sorry that I put you in a position of feeling like, my access was unlimited to you yeah and i should not have done that to you because it was unfair because now i'm taking it back yeah however i am taking it back yeah and i'm sorry that you feel uncomfortable with this but i am going to take it back and i'm not going to be able to be readily available to you 24 7 365 i can absolutely help you win everything else in my life that takes priority my children my mental health, my marriage, those types of things are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't make you my priority because I enjoy helping you along your journey. Yeah. What was that quote that you said about servitude? What was it that you said? The heart of service becoming a heart of self-sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that hit me 
I think it was on one of my writing days. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so true because whenever you're in an unhealed place, you do become a people pleaser, which mm-hmm. we should definitely dive into after this. But mm-hmm. having a heart of service is mean, means you like to, something that you like to, you feel led to provide a service to people mm-hmm. that makes their life easier or better. Oh, yeah. And so easy it is to become self-sacrificing to the point where you don't sleep, mm-hmm. you skip meals, mm-hmm. you think coffee's the only food, mm-hmm. and you answer every text message the minute you get it because you want to be different to the point that you're readily available. Right. And that, like you, like it's not realistic. It's not realistic for us to be that, so you mm-hmm. burn out mm-hmm. because we aren't meant to be never-ending wellsprings of energy for everyone around us. Absolutely. I think I used to wear self-sacrifice as like almost like a Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah. Look at me. I'm so tired. It's because I'm doing all this work. Yeah. And I used yeah. to get like upset with myself or frustrated with other people that cared about me because I was like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, or I would get kind of snappy and realizing that the close personal relationships that I had with people were suffering because I was overextending myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, people see that I'm doing all this extra stuff. Like, it's okay. But in reality, we would like to think that you can do it all, but yeah. you have to prioritize. No, you can't do it all. Right. And I, yeah. you know, it's a badge that I no longer... Um, I, I still love helping people, <clears throat> and I think when you have a heart of self, you know, heart of service, it's unfortunately it's a gifting that you're given. It's not something that you. Most of the time, people like 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 us, or especially like me, you're just kind of born with it. Like it's mm-hmm. it, you just feel compelled to to lead and to serve and all of those types. Not necessarily lead, but to help people. Yeah, and um, but there is. There is a line. Mm-hmm. There is a line, and the only the, the, the it's such a dance because you don't want to seem like you can't help anyone, but you can't help everyone. Yeah. So something I someone told me or I read one time was you can't do everything, but you can do one thing very well, mm-hmm. or you can help one person to the best of your ability. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, people pleasing was kind of my jam for a long time. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's kind of a newer thing for me to finally release. I think a lot of it came from trying to force happiness in a place where it wasn't going to thrive. Mm-hmm. Like always trying to bend backwards and become somebody I wasn't so that I could be palatable for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where the people-pleasing really came from, for me at least. it's It stems from, stems from perfectionism. Yeah. Now, both of my parents worked really hard growing up, so I had a two-parent household, but mm-hmm. was still alone a lot with my sister. We mm-hmm. would come home from school, and we'd have to do our homework, go to soccer practice and everything until my mom could get home because of the teaching thing. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stuff was on our shoulders. Not that it's bad. I mean, my parents were great parents. They were always there. They gave me everything mm-hmm. I needed, but they taught us to be self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. And when you're self-sufficient, you become a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And when you're a perfectionist, become a people pleaser. Yeah. Because you look for validation in other people in your work. Because mm-hmm. it's never going to be good enough to you. But no. if they think it's good enough, it validates you. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. I think mine comes from some perfectionism and that uh, 
thing we talked about being like this, you know, the, this, the stubborn girl. Yeah. So like I never have felt like I could. So we'll, we're going to dive into that podcast just by itself eventually. But just like a little sneak preview, I think for me, I've never felt like anyone could bear the weight of what I was handing over to them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was always like, I can bear the weight. Mm-hmm. I can handle it. So why don't you just let me pour into you? Let me help you because there's no way that you can help me. Because if I try to pass that on to you, it's you're not going to be able to handle that. Yeah, you can't handle me. Right. Yeah. And so it definitely stems from a place of perfectionism. And I think from a place of never wanting anyone to feel, I think for me, because someone who like I've always had a gifting of like just being able to sense things and being able to sense energies and all that. We've talked about that a million times, but I never wanted any, I wanted everyone to feel okay. Yeah. I wanted everyone to feel at ease. Okay. Uh, to the point where I didn't feel okay because I was constantly trying to make sure that everyone around me was okay and felt validated to yeah. the point where I didn't feel validated mm-hmm. because I wasn't taking the time to really get to know me and it's it's really something because I think we're both in that journey right now but you had just said like this journey of kind of you know making those boundaries and realizing your worth it's interesting as a woman because I think you go through several different layers of it when you become a mom and or when you become a wife or just as you age because they never talk about men aging they always talk about women aging yeah but you look in the mirror and you don't really know yourself anymore. Yeah. But I think it happens too in like the inner workings because I can look the same on the outside, but a couple of years have gone by and I'm like, hmm, I have no idea who I am anymore because I've spent so much time being making, someone else, being someone else mm-hmm. or making other people's lives better. Yeah. And, and for the, for the most part, being a great, I think for me, it's always look at it as being like a great hostess. I think I've been a wonderful emotional chameleon. I've become whatever the person around me needs. And I got so comfortable in that that I never sat to think, what do I need? Yeah. So if someone asked me that question, I couldn't answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you, like, what do you need? I'm like, uh, it doesn't matter what I need. Mm, That was definitely me too. Or I would disassociate and be like, I'm good. I need a thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I never wanted to whisper and say, I have no idea what I need. Because then it, it doesn't look like you have it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the people pleasing. It's like, I can fix your stuff. Yeah. Because my stuff's all together when really it's on fire in the backyard. <laughs> but if I help you with your stuff, it looks like my stuff's all mm-hmm. stacked neatly and dust free. Mm-hmm. And the pictures are shiny and smiling. Mm-hmm. Because it's so much easier to put that picture out there and be like, she's so happy. She's got her life together than to be like, actually, I'm suffocating. Mm-hmm. But my baggage is too much for you to handle. You've mm-hmm. shown me that by the way you've treated me in the past. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to sit here in silence and suffocate mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, definitely for me, exactly what you just said. Like, I think for me, it was out of a space of like big, like adult people in my life when I was very little who were supposed to be people that showed me what love looked like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> showed me what it didn't look like. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, like, okay. So your brain goes like, oh my goodness, like trust no one. Yeah. 
trust no one and keep everything to yourself. And for me, it was always like, well, I don't want to go or dive deep into anything. So if I can just put all of these feelings and all of these emotions and all of these everything in the back of a closet somewhere and pack them up, I don't have to feel it. I don't want to cry about it because that looks weak. I don't want to do any of those things. So I was able to, but then in turn, you don't have boundaries because instead of dealing with those things, you pour all of it into other people. And mine was a little bit different from the, from the standpoint of keeping it private. Mm -hmm. I'd get a friend that, would share things like deep personal things with me and then I'd share back. And then I realized that that wasn't a two way street. It was a one way street. Yeah. And I learned really quick and then I'd retreat and get angry Mm -hmm. and feel stupid. Oh yeah. And we've talked about this before. Oh yeah. You will not make me feel stupid. I will retreat and ghost you before anything ever happens. For sure. You will not get to make me look stupid, make me feel stupid in Mm -hmm. any way because that's giving you the power over me. Oh, yeah. And I, I pride myself on being intelligent. Yeah. And so I was an oversharer. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting better at keeping my secrets now, except mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a vault, so you're allowed to know everything about exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, I think, like I said, for me, it's more so like I just never shared anything. So I was just, so I was on the other end of the unhealthy spectrum, not oversharing, but never sharing anything. So literally just keeping everything in and you have to think about what happens when there's so much pressure Mm -hmm. and things just explode, you know, so I would keep everything in and try to tie it with a ribbon of, I'm, you know, like I can help you. We don't have to, I don't have to deal with my stuff. So after 33 years of, for the first time in a really long time, I think it started with my weight loss journey for sure. It's when things kind of, I started unpacking a lot of things. Um, but really taking the time to, to open the closet door and to be like, wow, there's a lot of things here. Mm-hmm. A lot of boundaries that you have not set. A lot of things that you have not dealt with because you have not had the time to really clear some of this stuff out. Like you may have gotten a few things like right behind the door that you attempted but the things in the back with the cobwebs and <laughs> it's a mess back there, you really need to, 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 and that was really what prompted me. And, you know, people who are listening, that might be what's prompting them too is I think the need for boundaries is when you realize that your closet is at like so full with mm-hmm. cobwebs. Mm-hmm. And that you, like, I literally remember just, I think it was like one day I just like my, emotional closet I went to go put something else in there and I couldn't fit anything else in there it's like Monica Geller's closet (laughs) and friends yeah everything else is pretty everything else is polished and put together but her closet right everything is bursting at the seams and that's basically been the majority of how I have handled um most of my most of my stuff Mm -hmm. and so I think that was what happened a couple years ago I went to go put something else in there and I was like oh there's literally no more room and things are falling on top of me. I might want to start setting some boundaries of what this should look like for me. Um, And I started small. I don't know how, like, for you, but, like, we talked about overnight, like, 
for me, there was no like, oh, like I'm cutting everybody off tomorrow. Like that that wasn't how it went down for me. I started very small, like in a professional space and things like that. So some people can, but for me, I do better on small steps. I definitely started professionally first, like really being intentional. Like my contract is this. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm staying till. Yeah. And I'm not staying over because I'm not paid for this. Yeah. And my family, like, from the moment that that time hits, it's like I go into this, like, straight mom mode. And I'm like, this is my family time. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where I started. And then, like we talked about earlier with the, the cell phone thing. And then really making sure. I think one of the biggest areas for me is, like, um, there's a book from... I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Turkest, Lisa, I always call her Lisa T, but she has a book called The Best Yes, mm-hmm. and really being able to say no to things yeah. has been difficult for me. That's a big boundary that I'm still working on yeah. to this day. It's an important boundary is learning the beauty in the no. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of liberating the first time you ever say no. But then it's also terrifying. It terrified me. It makes you feel mm-hmm. like you're free falling. Oh, yeah. Because you're so used to being the one holding the safety net. And then you realize, like, you aren't the safety net anymore. So you mm-hmm. aren't the secure thing everyone's falling onto. Like, so it's it's almost isolating for a minute. It is very isolating. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah my, my boundary setting was different than you. I mm-hmm. separated from my husband and then dyed my hair purple. And I'm like, she's back watch out <laughs> mine was that, instantaneous mm-hmm. like kind of setting everyone not really I wouldn't say in their place because everyone's still I still love all the people in my life I think they're there for a reason mm-hmm. but just finally making myself in my top three yeah versus making myself not even on the list gosh that's so powerful yeah like that makes me I'm you know I'm not a crier but that that's super <laughs> um Super, super, yeah. I know exactly what you mean with that. And I think probably someone listening is probably, if they're in their car or wherever, probably like, yes. Because I never even made the list. Yeah. For a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think for for me, I started thinking to myself, like, why, why don't you even consider yourself in the realm of possibilities of what you would see as your ideal self? Exactly. What is keeping you from that? And I was like, oh, like boundaries. Yeah. Like you're not like you haven't had time to work on yourself because you've been working on everybody else. Mm -hmm. Helping them reach their goals, helping them do their things. Absolutely. Fix their friendships. Yeah. Fix their relationships, fix their friendships and, you know, whatever. And which is great. Like all that stuff is important for human connection. So I don't want people to get out of it and be like, oh, I shouldn't have help anyone. That's no, no, no. No, that's that's not not what we're saying. Not it at all. No. Um, absolutely, you should do those things because that's what human connection is all about. But um, something I've learned, it was a hard lesson for me, is like, if you're not okay, you can't help other people be okay. Exactly. Not truly. you got to check in with yourself first. Yeah. You've got to kind of do a little body scan real quick and see, all right, how's, how's my cup feeling? Mm-hmm. If your cup feels full and you see a friend that's in need and they really need something to fill yeah. their cup, by all means, be there, pour into them, mm-hmm. do it. But if if you're running on E, mm-hmm. don't give your reserves. You got to fill up first. Mm-hmm. Say, I would love to touch base with you about this, but can you give right. me, just give me a little time. Right. And I think also talking about limiting, limiting your access to people mm-hmm. isn't just 
saying no to helping them. Yeah. It's also saying no to what we spoke about earlier, oversharing. Yeah. So something that I've spoken to a lot of people with is go like, sis, you're telling people way too much mm-hmm. to someone who hasn't even earned a seat at your table yet. Yeah. These people have never even like, like in the like emotional table, like ever eaten with you, right? They've never done life with you. And here you are sharing just because someone trauma dumps on you doesn't give you an all access pass to overshare your life either mm-hmm. um and that's something too is like boundaries are also really important who you limit your who you limit your access and your energy to mm-hmm. because something i've learned is like not everyone who you think is rooting for you is rooting for you no <laughs> not everyone at your table is here to see you eat babe they're here to see you joke mm-hmm and so you have to be very careful about who you give your energy to and your access to. Now, on the other side of that, for, you know, people like me who are working on being able to, you know, I'm always, I've gotten a lot better over the years, but, you know, be able to open up a little bit more about, you know, who I am, all that kind of stuff. That's also not healthy not to share anything, but making sure that um, you really limit, like, really know who is who, who's pulled up at your table if they're here to see you eat yeah and do well mm-hmm. um because setting boundaries isn't just setting them to like make sure that you're not overdoing for people but making sure you're not inviting too many people into your energy yeah you're really just here to be nosy to find out what they need from you to take what they need from you to be better and then leave mm-hmm for you to feed them, get a free meal and go. They see you as a solution. Yes. They they don't see you as a long-term <laughs> solution. It's a quick fix. Right. For sure. And so um, I think something I've had to tell myself over the last few years is like, if you feel empty when people leave, you should probably just, you know, make sure you're limiting who you give access to. Just, you know... And, or either either that or really learn your role in people's lives. I think one of the best things you could ever do is learn what role you play in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the biggest heartaches we have is when we break our own hearts because we overplay or overthink our mm-hmm. role in people's lives. We realized <laughs> that it wasn't equal. No. Like we said, it wasn't a two-way street. No, it was a one-way street. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, boundaries help you establish who's who's there to see you eat yeah boundaries good boundaries help you establish who is really there who you're supposed to be doing life with because without those boundaries everybody feels like they should pull up a seat to your table yeah everyone says oh it's just a buffet baby i'm here to eat i'm here to i'm here to i'm here to get what i need and go because you haven't established anything yeah um so i think sometimes people see boundaries as a really like Oh, like I don't want to be a prude, or oh, I don't want to look a hermit. Like it doesn't have to be that that intense. Um, but good boundaries for your professional life, for your personal life, um, and you know we're talk again about even within your with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know we wanted to touch on that too. Is like <clears throat> something that you know is is hard. I think in this season of my life is making sure that I'm setting a boundary with mom versus chelsea Mm -hmm. and letting my my kids know like 
I still have to be me at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, which being a mom is such a beautiful gift and I, you know, I never take it for granted, but at the end of the day, I still have to be me. So I have to make sure that I'm setting boundaries as far as, um, letting my kids know there's a boundary line. You spoke about that Mm -hmm. and, you know, setting boundaries with myself to not feel like I have to compete with all the other moms I see on Pinterest or all the other things. I think setting a boundary with yourself as a mother is really important too. Mm-hmm. Um, and setting boundaries with, with your kiddos and um, letting them know. And speaking of what you spoke earlier before I think we started is letting your kids know um, because when you establish those boundaries and then you also instill that in your children, letting them know, I wish... I wish that I had learned about boundaries when I was little. Me too. I wish someone told me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we have an opportunity for our daughters to know what boundaries are and set them in every relationship they have in life. Mm -hmm. They can say, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so my answer is no. Yeah. And so something I tell my students all the time, and, you know, your parents are free to steal this or other teachers, whatever. So I'll tell my kids all the time, like, you're absolutely okay to say no, like with physical touch, with um, emotional draining situations, just like Mm -hmm. you said, like, I'm uncomfortable. Um, If you don't want to hug someone, you can say, oh, I'm not really okay with that. Here's a high five or here's a fist bump. We can do that. We can even touch elbows. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really don't feel comfortable hugging you. Yeah. Um, And letting your kids really establish boundaries. Um, with other people and within their friendships and with you. And realize that other people don't get to say what happens with their bodies. Right. Which is really important for mm-hmm. self-esteem as well. Mm-hmm. Because whenever you give away the power for, oh, go hug grandma, mm-hmm. which most people want to hug their grandmas. Right. But if your kid doesn't want to, right, they might just not be touchy-feely. It doesn't mean they don't love grandma. Mm-hmm. It just means that's not how they express their love. Mm-hmm. There are love languages with grandmothers and children, too. Right. There's not, it's not um, only exclusive to romantic relationships. Absolutely. And there, yeah. So having that self-esteem of understanding, like, this is my body, I'm in control of it, mm-hmm. gives them the power to start to love their bodies, too. Mm-hmm. Which right. future kids. With their bodies and also with their time, mm-hmm. too. You know, um, Something that I think me setting boundaries and something, you know, my Letty and I talk about all the time is she'll say, well, mommy, why aren't you doing that anymore? I say, because mommy wants to do other things. Yeah. You know, mommy wants to use her time for this because I can. Mm-hmm. So mommy wants to spend more time with you and your, and your sissy. And that's what I want to do with my time. And I don't have to do those things because I get to choose and I choose to do this with you. Or, you know, um even as far as setting a boundary with who I am. So if I, you know, need some time and we're going to talk about mom guilt and stuff like that in a different podcast, but setting boundaries with not letting motherhood overextend you, I think is, uh, is, uh, insanely important. And, you know, people can, I'm sure there's going to be people listening to this going, that's not true, but um, that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. Um, however, I do fully believe that not overextending yourself and setting a boundary, being a mom never stops, um, ever, but making sure that your cup, like 
you wouldn't put batteries in something that were dead, right? <laughs> so you need to do the same thing with your mental and your and your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like you're getting tapped out and you can't be the best person that you want to be, the best mom you want to be, setting boundaries and saying, you know what? I need an hour. Yeah. I need, if you need a day, or I need an hour to go do this. I need, I need to find something for me mm-hmm. that feels like joy so that I can replenish myself and set a boundary with what's depleting me. Um, because being a mom is incredible, but it's also exhausting. Because you're always needed. You're always needed. And there always. are no boundaries. Like it, it's really, really hard to set, to set boundaries with your kids mm-hmm. as far as what they need from you because they, they need you, especially yeah. in the infantile stages and all that kind of stuff. So you have to be the one to set those boundaries and set like, and I can always tell with myself because I start getting irritable or something or and I'll say like, I just need to go. I need to go to the gym or I need to go do this. I need to refresh my brain. I need to, you know, fill my cup back up. Mm -hmm. So I think setting boundaries in that sense is is, uh, super important as well. And when your kids see that you take those, that take time, and I understand like some people do not have, I I was raised by a single mom, like I get it. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have the luxury of being able to have people come in, but whatever you need to do, journaling, um, you know, even if it's just sitting on a, with a cup of coffee after the kids have gone to bed, doing a devotional, whatever that looks like for you that you're able to do, um, making sure that you're really filling yourself up being a, aside from being a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because just because you have a baby doesn't mean that you lose your identity as yourself. Mm-mm. You just add mom to the list. Yeah. Which is great. I love that I've added mom to mm-hmm. the list, but I did. I never lost Katie. Mm-hmm. she's still in there yeah and so I think in this journey of setting boundaries um, and something I want people to, to know too is we'll talk about shadow work at a different time but mm-hmm. shadow work and setting boundaries really kind of go hand in hand um, and so if when you start this process if you are starting it or if you're in the middle of it and you're like look I, I just it's been really lonely yeah it's it's kind of lonely when you start to set boundaries and people start to fall back. So just making sure that you know that that's pretty normal um, when, you start to, when, you, when you start to set boundaries. My favorite thing that yeah. the iPhones have is the do not disturb. Yeah. So you don't even notice because you're never getting notifications. Mm-hmm. You don't notice when you're not getting them. Mm-hmm. So when you set the boundary in it, it's going to make people mad. Yeah. At first, they're going to be like, they're going to be missing you. Yeah. Because you were an un you were a wellspring and mm-hmm. they were just coming with their buckets. Right. And so when you take those buckets away from them, they get mad first. Mm-hmm. And so they do step back and stop talking to you, but, mm-hmm. and it's lonely, but you get your power back. You get to invest that time that you were putting so much energy into fixing their problems, mm-hmm. being there for them, being a good friend. Mm-hmm. You get to finally fix your own problems be there for yourself, mm-hmm. be your own friend. Mm-hmm. And the power in that is huge. So it just is. turn your notifications off because then you don't realize mm-hmm. they aren't coming in. Right. And I think, um, you know, one area we haven't spoken about that uh, I think is really important too is like there's absolutely, um, absolutely an okay thing of setting boundaries within your family. Yeah. So we haven't spoken on that, but that was hitting me while we were sitting here too. So 
probably one of the most difficult areas that I think people have a hard time with is, is setting boundaries with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so setting boundaries with your family can get really, really sticky because there's a lot of, gener- a lot of times there's generational trauma there, mm-hmm. generational habits, manipulation, um, people using your past against you, um, that kind of thing. And so, um, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to set boundaries within their family mm-hmm. dynamic? Like, I don't know, a parent or a sibling or people that's, you know, someone who has their own children now and they're trying to establish boundaries. What advice would you give them? Come from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Make sure that when you reset the boundary, you're doing it from a place of, I need to do this for me mm-hmm. because my soul is hurting. Like, your family loves you. Mm-hmm. And usually the boundaries you have to set with family is overstepping advice or overstepping trying to overhelp yeah. or overfix things or take control of your mm-hmm. life. And things like that, whenever you come out of a place from love of I need to learn to do this myself or I'm never going to learn to do this myself. And one day, if it's with a parent, one day you're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. And what am I supposed to do when you're not here? Right. If I don't learn to fix it myself now. Right. And I think when you come at it from a place of love and you say, it's not that I'm mad at you. Mm -hmm. It's not that you did anything wrong. It's that I need to change this dynamic so that I know that I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Because right now I'm not sure if I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And if you can set that standard for them to them, help them realize I still will come to you when I need help, but let Mm -hmm. me ask for it. Mm -hmm. I'll come to you when, you know, I want to check in on you because I care about you. Right. But let me do the reaching for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it always goes well. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. I yeah. shouldn't say always. Yeah. My situation has because I have amazing parents. Yeah. They love me wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and they just want to see me do well. And so when you set standards, like for example, I mean, I'm getting divorced. It's natural they're going to choose my side, even though there's not really a side to choose with our divorce. It's natural they're going to choose my side. Mm -hmm. And they've been so good Mm -hmm. to my ex-husband because I asked them to be. Mm -hmm. Just asking them to be. And you set a standard early. Yeah. It's like this is Mm -hmm. the father of my child. Mm -hmm. We are going to treat him respectfully regardless of whether or not we made it in our relationship Mm -hmm. because that's not the standard I want to set for Ruby. Yeah. I don't want her to see him get treated any differently. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. setting that standard for them has been amazing. They've been absolutely wonderful with it. Yeah. And so that, so if you're in a struggling situation and you're worried about stuff like that, telling them what you want is really just the first step because sometimes they don't know what you want until you tell them. I agree. And I think from my standpoint, it's wanting what's, you know, I think wanting to end any kind of generational traumas and wanting it to end with you. And I think that comes with setting boundaries. And um, I think for me, it's like you said, establishing a standard and making sure you hold the line of that standard um, because it can get really difficult when, especially like when you, when you're talking to someone who's known you your whole life. Yeah. So they've known, they know the good, they know the bad, they know the ugly. Yeah. Um, they know all of those things. So if you're trying to start establishing boundaries or become, you know, a better version of yourself, 
a lot of times you're going to be faced with who people, what people knew Mm -hmm. and, um, family can get really sticky because a lot of times they don't like change. Yeah. Change is really hard for family dynamics. So, um, like I think the best advice I could give if you're really wanting to break any kind of generational trauma or you're wanting to, you know, um, really establish some healthy boundaries within your family, if it's a codependent situation or any of that, um, just really sticking to the standard. And like you said, coming from a place of love and saying, like, I don't want to have resentment in my heart towards you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to not to not talk to you. I don't want to have to distance myself from you. I want us to have a relationship that feels like love and light and happiness and things that we can focus on positive things. But if that's going to happen, you have to respect what I'm asking of you. And sometimes you have to realize that you need to set the boundary with yourself. Like if you're relying on them too much, Mm -hmm. if you've been leaning into them too hard and saying, this is becoming disrespectful for me to you. Right. I'm tapping into your wellspring and I need to learn to be self-sufficient. Right. It's an important thing, too, because I've seen, I mean, these have been hard times these last couple of years, and mm-hmm. it's nice to have the safety net yeah. of family members mm-hmm. that can support you, but you also sometimes got to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. to be able to push off and go back up, mm-hmm. and learning that you need to set boundaries for your own growth, mm-hmm. not just for their behavior, because mm-hmm. sometimes they aren't the problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like we said, we're sometimes we're the villain in the situation. Right. And when you can finally look into yourself and say, Mm -hmm. I'm the problem, Mm -hmm. um, you can evaluate your situation and Mm -hmm. that's when you can do the shadow work and grow. Yeah. And I think, like I said, establishing that healthy boundary and letting, letting them know that this is where you can meet me at. And this is where I, I can't cross for me. And when we do cross that line, it only ends in anger malice, fighting, um, and also understanding that sometimes, especially in a family dynamic, you're going to have to love and meet those people where they're at, even if that means that's not where you're going to be. Yeah. Because generational patterns are real and DNA is real (laughs) and it's a stronghold. And so, um, making sure that whatever your boundary you're setting fits the narrative and the life and cultivating the life that you want to live and not being codependent with family trauma or family dynamic because it's more comfortable for them mm-hmm. Make, and making sure that it's okay if you love and meet them where they are, even if that's not where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that has to be the narrative for your life in order for them to love you. Yeah. Most of the time what I've noticed about families is that if you hold the line long enough and they love you, like they say they do, they will meet you. Mm-hmm. and they will respect you in the end because they don't want to lose you. And all they really want most of the time is to see you happy. Right. And if that's what you have to do to get to the place where you truly love yourself right. and can find true happiness, mm-hmm. they will do it. They will. They just need to know what you want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't tell them what you want, they can't do what you want. Mm-hmm. So you can say, my mother's manipulative or my dad mm-hmm. is angry and mm-hmm. political. But if you don't set that standard of this is something... I need for my growth and Mm -hmm. this is something I need to get to the other side of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So boundaries aren't just for you. It's for them. Right. That's, I think that's a great way to wrap this up is too, is like boundaries just aren't for you. Boundaries are for other people to see 
the best in you. Mm -hmm. That way you can give your 100% when you're with them every time, instead of, like we said, mm -hmm. giving them your reserves. Absolutely. And that's something that I always lead with with my boundaries. I'm like, this allows for us to have a great relationship. When I cross that boundary, we don't have a great relationship because I deplete myself and I deplete my self-worth. And then mm -hmm. I have to get resentful at you, which is mm -hmm. totally unfair, totally unfair, because I didn't set the line. Mm -hmm. This is the line. This is the standard. And I didn't set it. So unfortunately, you stepped over it, not knowing what you were stepping into. And now I'm snapping your head off because I'm mad at you Yeah, for something that you didn't do. Now, if someone continues to cross that line when you set the standard, those people more than likely aren't for you because they're not respecting you. Yeah, they don't see the boundary as real. Mm -hmm. They see it as a joke. Right. So, but yeah, boundaries are just as much for other people as they are for you. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't, you have to tell people how to love you because you don't know, they don't know how you need to be loved. Mm -hmm. And like we said, until you can get out of that people-pleasing phase, which mm -hmm. we're going to go into shadow work, so you'll learn all about the getting out of people-pleasing. Mm -hmm. But until you can get out of that people-pleasing phase and really dive into yourself and set the standard mm -hmm. of getting to know and love yourself where you're yeah. at, you don't know how you need to be loved. No, not really, not truly. So you can't set a true boundary until you set that first one of, I need to be more readily available for myself mm -hmm. so I can learn about myself, so Absolutely. I can tell you how what I need in this relationship. Right. Absolutely. If you're going to set anything, set that limit to access so that you can learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and being in a season, working your way up to a season or being in a season of, uh, A, I don't receive that. And I think for me, I'm in a season of, I think I'm going to have to teach you how to treat me. Yeah. Because I've allowed for you to treat me a certain way for a really long time. So I'm in a season of, this is how you're going to meet me because I'm always respectful to you. And I'm not going to receive disrespect. I don't receive that into my soul. Um and getting to that season of not letting people cross that line either of disrespect yeah, and making sure that you don't receive a lot of overstepping of boundaries into your soul and really letting people know, no, we don't, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So super important for sure. Like we said, the first time you do it, it feels icky. It does. It's really hard because mm -hmm. you're so used to being there, but it's also peaceful when you can find it like finally set standards for how you want to live your life mm -hmm. for example whenever I decided I was starting my health journey mm -hmm. about the same time I did the whole purple hair craziness villain eras arrived yeah. <laughs> um, I set the standard of trying to make my body healthier and so now I'm showing up more for myself not just in how I eat and how I exercise but in how I spend time with myself. Mm -hmm. I don't let myself go to a place of body dysmorphia like I've had my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't stare at the mirror and look for imperfections. It's more of like, wow, like, you just ran three and a half miles. Go you. Like, mm -hmm. who cares what you look like? Look what your body can do. Right. And you learn to love yourself in ways that you've been craving to get love from other people. Mm -hmm. And so boundaries are so important for self-esteem personal development, being just a healthy individual in general. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think, I think that, yeah, for sure. I think that's a super, it's just super, super important because it's not just about 
you know, like I said, not just about you, but about other people. And it really is a kind of all in one, like physical, mental, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. When you set, when you're able to establish clear, clear, healthy boundaries for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Goodness. We've talked a lot tonight. We have talked a lot tonight. But um, I did want to chat for just a second about like just how honored I am. Like the res- like the response that we got to the podcast last week kind of blew my mind. <laughs> Me too. So I really wanted to make sure that I just said how much I appreciate people kind of dissecting blog three with us because it really, and I'm not a, an emotional or, or crying gal. It's not what I do. Um, but my people's got a little sweaty. <laughs> like it was great. And I just, I, I, I really appreciate the response that we got and I felt really honored. Yeah. It's been a wild ride so far. We've only, we're on episode three right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's already been a wild ride and I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. I am too, and I'm excited about doing it with you. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how people start setting boundaries for themselves and how it allows for them to grow um, yeah. from this episode too. Yes, yeah, speaking of last week's episode, we mm-hmm. talked about making that community um, mm-hmm. on Facebook. So we do officially have our Facebook community live. It is Heart to Heart Pod Community. Mm-hmm. If you just search that in the bar, it should pop up. You should see our little logo on it with two hearts around it um just go ahead and request to join once we see that it's you've requested we just want to make sure you acknowledge the group rules that pretty much we're treating it like las vegas what happens to the group stays (laughs) in the group we don't want people talking about it outside and if you're going to hear anything deeply personal just try to make it anonymous just to protect yourself yeah because we can't we we say we're keeping it vegas but Mm -hmm. we can't promise everything's going to stay vegas and so we want to make sure that you're coming from a place of we want to be there. We want to support you, but we also want to make sure that it's a safe space for yeah. you and it doesn't become an area of stress for you. Right. For sure. And remember, if it's like an emergency situation, make sure you reach out to like a medical professional Correct. or you reach out to us. Yes. Or anything like that. But um, for sure. Or if it's something that's like deeply personal um, that you just feel like would be better in a private message, but for sure. I would post anonymously if it's something that you wanna you wanna share and make sure you acknowledge the rules of the group and making sure that you know um, you want to be respected. You need to respect and you need to acknowledge everyone in the group may not have the same perspective as you or any of those types of things. So just a very happy community of people who feel like they have a safe space. Yeah, for sure. We're really looking forward to being able to share that space with you guys. Yeah. And like we said, we're on this journey too. So don't take anything we say as this is how you get your life together advice. Yeah, this it's is more, not a self-help book. No, this is more, <laughs> we're kind of growing and we want to bring you guys along for the journey because there's so much pivoting in the world right now of diving into ourselves and growing that we mm-hmm. think that this is a really relatable topic and we aren't scared to talk <clears> about <throat> the things that other people are. Right. And I feel like so much just happened. So someone sent me a message today, a private message. It was like, you know. So much has happened over the last few years and no one has talked about it. It's like, it's like the world ended one day and then it came back on and we all were just like, well, that was fun. (laughs) And we just kind of kept on moving. In in, in reality, (laughs) it does. It feels like you're in the twilight zone sometimes. Like, you know, we just went through a global pandemic Mm -hmm. a few years ago. Eggs are... $12 
milk is like five bucks. You yeah. can't like groceries are astronomical. Things are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's offended by everything. Like there's just so much going on. I know. So we yeah. wanted to have a space where we could talk about things that nobody likes to talk about. And I think honestly, for me and maybe for you too, like I just wanted a space to talk to like talk to like my soul sister and yeah. just have a space where we could like we're sitting here right now still in our work clothes sipping coffee talking about boundaries and how it's helped us and maybe how it can help somebody else mm-hmm. so really it's not a self-help book or a how-to it's really just friends talking and having a conversation yeah we're also going to start um a mini series we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. it's gonna be morning motivation so there's gonna be posted i think monday mornings is probably mm-hmm. a good time for them yeah we're we're just gonna take turns <clears throat> talking about things that really light our hearts on fire yeah so that you guys can just hear what goes on in our brains yeah and hopefully you resonate with it if not mm-hmm. that's cool because it's it's a growth process it's a growth journey and mm-hmm. so as we think of things we want you to know that the thoughts you have are valid too. They are. And so our little morning motivation mini sods, mm-hmm. like I said, Monday mornings, I'll post them like midnight mm-hmm. on Monday and it'll be, it'll be a good time. Yeah. And we'll probably eventually have guest speakers. Yes. Um, we'll have guest speakers, not, not too much longer and some people that can share their perspective. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And so, um, I'm just really excited for the journey. Yeah. I'm excited for the ride. Mm-hmm. I haven't shared this with you, but I have thoughts of us one day doing like a live Zoom call yeah. and having people just kind of pop in and share their thoughts on mm-hmm. some of the things we've talked about. Yeah. i got to figure out technology-wise how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. got the, the podcast part down. I've ordered a video camera, so we're going to have actual video podcast. video so I'm they can see the that. days when we're looking homeless. They can oh, see yeah. because we, we will not change. Oh, no. You're going to see That's who it. we are. That's You're who see we it. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'll actually be able to see us do our thing yeah we'll probably get someone behind this computer soon so i can just sit and talk to you yeah yeah that would be awesome i'm excited for for everything and just like once again just really honored um when i saw that little thing pop up on my blog this past week it was like you have four thousand and like engagements of people receiving i just Mm -hmm. was like oh my gosh like it just it feels i think that's I, i think that's why i wanted to talk about boundaries tonight because I'm in a space for the first time in a long time where I don't really know where I'm going. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. And so that, that, and that for me to say that people who really know me, that's a huge deal because really knowing my life every second for a long time was really important to me. Yeah. And so I'm just really thankful that I have a space to do some of the things I've been wanting to do. Um, when I thought that a dream of mine ended last year, I didn't think I'd be able to pick one up, but it's something I've been wanting, like holding on to for a really long time. So I'm just really, really thankful that um, this found me because I feel like I've been looking for it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really okay with where life is. And I think that's why I really want to talk about boundaries. And I think you too, because it's like once those boundaries were established and being able to cultivate and work on myself, the way I want to, um, where artistic growth has happened. Yeah. Anything else you want to share on that or um, wrap it up? No, I think that's pretty good. So we've got the morning motivations coming. Yeah. We've got the podcast group. So we are just, we're looking forward to having more ways to engage with you guys and yeah. 
just let you know that we're here. So both of us, we're always just a Facebook message away. I will not reply at two o'clock in the morning. That's my boundary. <laughs> yeah. Setting good, it with you right boundary. now. <laughs> good boundary. But you can also message on our group. Yeah. Chelsea and I are both admins. I just invited you, yeah, by the way. I got it. But um, we're both admins on the group, so we will mm-hmm. both get the messages when you send them. So you can send that message. We can create group messages mm-hmm. based on things we're struggling with. I'm just really mm-hmm. excited to see where this goes and how it changes. And just ask us your questions. Tell us your stories if you want to. Mm-hmm. And let us know if there's anything you want our opinions on. Yeah. we like talking. We do. And also, how have you set, like, good boundaries, too? Like, what are yeah. some of the ways you've done it? Because yeah. perspectives and different perspectives are important. I'd love to hear how you're setting healthy boundaries. Exactly. So exactly i'm excited for next well, next week exactly next week's gonna be a good one we're gonna go ahead and probably choose our next topic tonight so that yeah. we don't have to worry about it 30 seconds yeah, before we that start would be recording good. That would be good. but still i think that that was meant to happen yeah i think for so. sure yeah all right well thank you guys so much for listening tonight we will tune in with you next friday looking forward to seeing how you guys feel about boundaries bye guys bye